just the other day If there was a day I could erase I would choose just the other day Okay, kia ora, kia ora, kia ora, kia ora, kia ora. Welcome along, it is another episode of The Other Day uh, It is actually atrocious outside I don't know if you heard one of our guests already Kind of coming with a little bit of a squealing But... Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about my hearing aids, but nothing else. I oh promise. yes, we have <laughs> we 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 have a fantastic group of guests, and today, uh, first off, uh, joined uh, as now mentally designed as the new friend of the show, uh, Kipling We're DC. Friends now, that's nice, man. Okay, I'll as, take. as a representative of the show, I will say that we're friends. So uh, I'm glad. Purely in on air in this service yeah. right now, people will hear the show and be like, "Why is such a professional?" I'm s- I'm so glad to be back. It's just nice to be in inside you know i'm squealing out there man it's crazy it's like it's nuts and also joining me in the studio today the squealer himself uh, uh we actually i'm really i'm really uh honored to have you guys in the house tonight because you two are probably some of the most experienced performers in the wellington scene uh today in the house we have neil thornton and jojo bellini hello, thank you hello. for coming along hello what have you guys been up to today How, how's it been uh, today, I took Gail on a tour of the actual uh, not depressing parts of Wellington. So we went. Um, so, quick trip? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Wellington! The, 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 the cable car, not, back down the cable car. <laughs> <laughs> things that were not built by man. Um, so, down to the coast, and we had dinner at the Maranui Beach Club, and it was yeah. very nice. Ooh. Yeah, so oh, former there, workplace so. of my old, my old stomping ground yeah. <laughs> back when go. I was a poor student. Working, yeah. or not even a poor student. I just worked there last year. I just, okay. Yeah, it was all right. It was busy. Yeah, I saw some very. I saw an, a, not by name, but an incredibly talented performer today uh, st- stacking boxes at Bunnings. And we salute you. Those <laughs> that is that is the New Zealand way. I I remember the first time I ever saw a Shortland Street actor. He had just gotten off the show, and the next time I saw him, he was working the cash register, fishing and hunting. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. I know. Isn't that, that's just how it goes in New Zealand. Um, but what about you, Jojo? What have you been up to today? Uh, today, um, I had, I think, of about 16 uh, pins stuck in me. <laughs> oh, and then I got put under a heat lamp, which was even, I found that, that bit the bizarre bit. So I had was all this these, with the yeah, still so in? All the, all the acupuncture pins were in. And then I had this heat lamp put on me. And then he went, oh, look, I've got a button here if it gets too hot. And then he just fucked, oh. Just left, left. He just uh, left for. Uh, he just left for forty minutes. This is the weirdest Thanksgiving dinner I've ever. That's it was. It was fantastic and weird and wonderful and yeah. It was. It was an experience. Oh, how do you feel after that? I actually feel actually really good, which is quite bizarre. I've. I haven't had. I haven't had <laughs> Super out of character for Jojo Bellini. <laughs> No, because the thing is, is that like it's so weird to just be heated, but it was all on my belly. It was all, oh. it was very random. It was a very random moment of having like, I had 16 of the little acupuncture pins in my belly, one in each hand, one in my forehead, one in between my boobies, and two on my knees and two in my feet. It oh, was, no. it was a lot. It was, but then the heat only concentrated on my belly. Oh, okay. okay. So yeah. the heat lamp just above just, the midriff. Yeah, but it was just—it was just so weird. Here's a button in case you get too hot, and then he just leaves. 
Are you sure you weren't being propagated and incubated for some sort of weird <laughs> DNA ritual? I, I think there's a cult thing going they peel on. Peel pieces off and you put them in potting soil for later. Is what? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's nice. I, I do remember getting acupuncture one time. Just uh, it was like an ACC. It hurt my knee, and I remember going to the physio, and she was like, "Oh, you know, we could maybe do acupuncture," but she was very like. I felt like she was almost apologizing for it, sort of thing. It's like, no, it's like it's actually pretty good. I was like, yeah, I I believe you. You you're the one who has a job here. I, uh, I I've hurt myself in third eleven football. Um, but uh, okay, well, it's very nice that you guys are all here today. We uh, we briefly mentioned. Um, usually the show I, I film with a couple cameras myself, but Neil, you've actually you've actually brought in another camera, another microphone uh, with your with your uncle Gail. You're you're filming something. Can you tell us much about what, yeah. what that's for? Uh, my uncle is my mother's younger brother, uh, and he and I have a tremendous amount in common. But he's also uh, taught journalism and filmmaking and writing and Ooh. all sorts of stuff at. Um, University of Texas and various other institutions and got interested in what I'm doing with the New Zealand Comedy School and came here for about five weeks to film what I do and hang out with me and make me feel very the center of attention, which is what I've always wanted. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, you did mention the because that's how any most of the comedians in uh, most of the comedians that I met that would know of you have, have probably known you from the being students in your comedy school. I mean, even I was down in Christchurch and uh -huh. there was a bunch of comedians that I'd, I'd never met before. I asked the bartenders and they were like, yeah, Neil came down a few months ago, just a new wave of comedians hitting the Christchurch scene. Yeah, it was like eight of them. And I think like four or five are really actively, They like half of the class had already been doing comedy a lot at, uh, or at least in uh, Christchurch down at Good Times. But a couple of people took off with it, like uh, Vic, Vic Self. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. Just yeah. hit the ground running and got to finals of Raw Comedy Quest, and he was already very, very funny. But uh, yeah, that's. I think Vic was the one who who mentioned you. But I think there yeah. is like a, a a new little wave. Um, how long have you been running the the school for? I did. Twenty seventeen was the first class I ran with. I think Miranda and. Hadley and Salmia and a couple of other people were the mm. very first mm. round of the school. I can't remember who were in the first three classes. And then, yeah, just sort of went from one or two classes a year up to now this little institution that I run. Well, yeah, I was about to say, when I started, you were only doing one or two a year. And yeah. now it's like, it feels like every single month there's a now new sprout of yeah, just down people in Auckland. coming in. And I try to spread it out to Auckland and Christchurch, but um, yeah, suddenly my husband wanted me to actually earn an income for some reason. <laughs> I think he just wanted you out of the house more. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you've been moping around. Yeah. Uh, so that was, yeah, actually earning a living doing this thing would be nice. But yeah, it's... A very fun thing, a very meaningful thing to do. So, yeah. Well, I remember uh, you've had me come in to film stuff yeah. just for a few people who have been um have been like watching it online and stuff. And I've only ever seen the first lesson, but there are there are a lot of random like pieces of information that you give people in that. So uh, that that I've held on to, like people who have been in the comedy game for a long, long time, doing the exact same jokes, and then. Uh, and then completely changing their set after a decade and a half and those sort of things. We won't say who that was because uh, <laughs> that guy ended up not being that good, but it was funny. <laughs> he, like Morally, he was questionable. Uh, comedically, he was quite good. That was, uh, that, yeah, it's the scourge of the, the profession sometimes, but yes. But yeah, so that initial class that I do, the, the, what I call the Koha class or the intro class, I did 
maybe two or three times before I even started the school, and it was largely just things that had started annoying me after seven years of stand-up. Like, mm. I'd been performing and watching a ton of open micers do the thing, and I just saw all these little moves and things that people were doing that were getting in their own way, like leaving the mic stand in front of their face or uh, not talking into the <laughs> frazzle microphone yeah. or... It's not so funny. finishing I their jokes on the right comedy. word. I love hearing comedy from all the way back here. Yes. <laughs> not yeah. picked up by a mic at all. You know, it's funny. Right. Uh, I have to explain to the people listening, and Kipling actually just rolled quite far away from the microphone, but he is quite loud, so oh, it doesn't sound that much entire, different. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> if you watch the video version of the clips online, that's going to be really good, that bit. <laughs> that is a Yeah, killer. that's going to be that's something to watch back. in the making. I, I've taught you well, my <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, that's awesome. Uh, maybe we should get a little bit more background on you, Jojo, as well. You uh, not only do stand-up comedy, you, you're actually probably more so you're in the burlesque. In I there. am burlesque cabaret and, yeah, uh, yeah and uh, working very, very much with Neil to create something where we can actually blend genres together. So we have stand-up and tease, which is stand-up and burlesque. We have stand-up and spin, which is uh, pole dancers and comedians and some that do both and some that do both at burlesque and as well and um it's quite interesting having like cabaret or vaudeville or you mm. know that the that kind of uh style which also incorporates drag and it also incorporates all sorts of different disciplines and circus and you know dance and all that kind of stuff and it's and it's quite and i i i've lo been i've loved it forever and then i came to new zealand and it just embraced me and all my ridiculousness in in its entirety because I can't do burlesque as a normal burlesque performer. It has to be weird, it has to be hilarious, and it has to make people go, why? <laughs> <laughs> um, but really sexy. Uh, and so that, I, think, then I think that's the thing. And then I remember I met Neil for the first time um, in March... 2020, mm -hmm. just before we got put into lockdown, Neil was doing this crazy show called 100% Wrong for the Fringe and um, uh, fell in love with him metaphorically, um, of course. Uh, fell in love with him. I'm and leaving. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Neil um, hates metaphors, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, fell in love with him and his chutzpah and everything about him and, um, and just how funny he was and how giving he was to all the performers that were on through that entire time. And I just went, you're going to be my friend forever and it's his own yeah, fault. Yeah. And we just so produce nice. a bunch of stuff together. And for me, doing <laughs> cabaret as an MC or as a producer is always a nice refreshing change from doing pure stand-up. Yeah. I haven't done much lately. No, no. Sorry, nice. the reason I gave a little laugh before is because Jojo came on. It was like, you know, Neil's like the superstar, just so <laughs> nice to everybody, does all these things. And then you pop in and it's like, yeah, we just produce some shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, uh, I love Jojo. Uh, uh, you're you're, you're uh, really excited. Uh, yeah. yeah. well, well, take her leave her. Uh, yeah, but yes, Joe has saved my life and partner in crime. And we do work Wednesdays together so where we both sit next to each other and work at each other. Body a body doubling and whether we're working on our own stuff or other things she's also made me a ton of money by helping me <laughs> standing there by cracking the whip over me to write finished grants and Ugh. those sort of things yeah so, yeah yeah, yeah. saved I, I my life in a pain. lot of ways 
But uh, I haven't seen Joe in about a month, and I miss her to death. I know, because I, I have a real job. What is that all uh, about? Oh. Because unfortunately, even though the... the You're stacking boxes? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, even though the, uh, the comedy and the cabaret scene and the drag scene is really vibrant here in Aotearoa, it also does not pay. It does not pay the bills and you can't, unless you've got two or three side hustles, you're not going to get it. So I got a, got a real job and uh, which means that I'm too exhausted to do anything except for maybe gig every now and again on the weekends. Which, yeah, well, I'm glad that you, you found know. the energy to come on the show today. Always. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kipling, what, what's been going on with you? Are you going to add anything to this? <sighs> I wake up every morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, not a lot, really. I've been. Work- I always have a full time job, and it sucks. It's mm. like a, a killer on it. I've been doing. I've been doing a lot more improv. That's been mm, fun. That's cool. I've been mucking around. It's been a fun little year. Like it's been interesting because this year I did my two hundred. Like I had a milestone. I did my two hundred and fiftieth show. Mm. Like after this year, and I went back into thinking. It's interesting hearing you talk about. Like when I met you four years ago and stuff, and I went to do the Koha course, yeah. And you said, I don't think that you should do the Koha course. <laughs> yeah, you said, oh, like do the full course. Oh yeah. You said to me, just like, and we did a writing session, and there's still notes yeah. about that. And the one note that I think about all the time is like, remember the funny word. Yeah, and yeah. the things, and sometimes <laughs> I'll write like a full joke, and I'll be like, "Oh, the word isn't even funny." At the end of the end of the bit, like it will just end with a like, and that was it. And I'm like, "Oh no, it's got to have like a orange in there for some yeah, reason." Yeah. It's just like a standout yeah. word that people hear. Like, yeah. you know. is that the funniest of the fruits? You think? Oh, orange is pretty up there. Papaya. Yeah, what about a kumquat? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. Uh, can I just circle back to something that uh, Kipling just said? I yeah. did my two hundred and fiftieth show this year. Is Ooh. what Kipling is what you said, yeah. right? Yeah, like why, this year. why do comedians count how many gigs they because, do? Uh, oh, Everybody does it yeah. for the same reason. Straight people count how many sexual partners they have. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> they're trying to impress people on the yeah, radio, yeah, because yeah. it, it matters and they still can I count. Didn't I didn't count, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't start counting intentionally. Mm. But then I did it. I can't remember what was the purpose that I did it for, but I just start. I did it as like a goal thing to set for oh, okay. my second year of doing stand up that I wanted to do fifty two shows, mm. and it was more so less so about like the number of shows that it was that I like. I just wanted the the regular mindset, and I apply that to like for me with my ADHD it's the only way I can get anything done is like oh I have to have a like a list and a thing and if I achieve that that's like you know yay dopamine that I get that tick ah, you're yeah. gonna be so much more successful than I am yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah I was about to say this is this is 20 30 years of extra earlier diagnosis and Excel <laughs> spreadsheets as opposed to I don't know writing some scribbles down and having a couple uh, of beers and yelling at people yeah. but yeah. I think I started doing it and then I know other comedians who actually started doing it because I said oh yeah this is my so much show like this year that's a goal and then they were like should I be doing that and I was like no you don't have to do anything that anyone tells you mm-hmm. when but, you're but you're not alone in that like uh, people in the UK people like around the world they'll go oh so I just did my hundredth show for the year and you're like mm. you count it yeah. Holy moly. I, I mean, I, I know I've been all over Aotearoa performing this year, but I couldn't tell you how many gigs I've done. Do you know what I mean? I've it's changed what it, I'm counting, though. I changed, like, uh, emceeing because I wanted to do more emceeing. I check, like count how many times I've emceed this year. More yeah. as, like, a specific measure and being like, oh, that was good. And I count how many shows that went good this year. <laughs> 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 Let me tell you, that's, that's easy because I only need the two hands, you know? Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I wonder though, because because uh, you've you've done performance and so many other things. Like um, for my for myself, you know, when I started doing comedy, I, I did see somebody else count and then thought it would be interesting. Um, it, it was it was interesting, but I don't like. I remember when I started, I was just like, I just want to hustle and hustle and hustle and do as many gigs as I possibly can. So I did count last year how many I did. And I, and I did count earlier. I can't remember what I was on. But like, um, but comedy for me got me so much more organized because it got me onto Google Calendar. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And like, it's, it's crazy how chaotic my life used to be before I actually had a calendar where what I was to doing. To know where you have yeah. to show up and where you need to be. I and it's not that good now. Genuinely, <laughs> I went yeah. on a date with someone the other day and I was talking about how I use Google Calendar and they like have said since they were like, you've changed me. You've changed <laughs> everything about this. Like this, like they're running multiple calendars like on the Google, you know, like flinging on and stuff like this is crazy like you just know when stuff's happening and i'm like yeah this is the future <laughs> this, is, this is what's been happening outsourcing part of your brand i'm in new york when i was there it was a couple of people who were a year or two ahead of me in the scene and this collective and i think you guys should probably try it i'm too old is uh it was a collective of about four or five comics and they had the 30 and 30 challenge where they had to do 30 spots in 30 days oh. and and they arranged with to do like two or three a night and they would go and sometimes like it would be their fourth gig in a day. Yeah. And, well, you know, one guy just got up there and he was just so exhausted. He just he just sat there inside and checked his watch for five minutes and just on stage. Some, yeah. yeah, on stage. Yeah. He just got on stage and was like, well, this is gig number four and I have to do this. And. Anyway, okay. well, that doesn't sound like it was productive for that I've guy. I've seen like, that comedian oh. in Wellington, but it's the same set. Uh, I've yeah, seen yeah. that set before where they well, just come up and go, oh. That's more because they've run out of material. But this guy, but that includes uh, Mark Norman and like two other people with Netflix. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, wow. So they became a lot of those people really changed. You know, they really advanced from that. They got yeah. way more willing to bomb, way more willing to eat shit, way more, uh, way more willing to just do garbage material on a night and their their skills you could see it go Mm, ramp up in that short amount of time Mm. and yeah that includes i know mark norman was one of them a couple of other my friends i think maybe sam Merle. um but yeah yeah, because those guys are tight eh? yeah 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 yeah. um oh that's interesting that would be that, that i mean that is kind of like I think for a lot of people that is the sort of dream scene to be in. Like it would be lovely to do um, four gigs in a night, but yeah. you would have to be on every gig in a night in Wellington and then yeah. create two more gigs yes, to get indeed. on. Yeah. yeah, I think you could maybe do that 30 challenge if you'd overlapped it with the Fringe Festival yeah. maybe mm. and like managed to yeah. jump on Comedy every festival, single show. Yeah. That You would have to also define as like soul stand-up or yeah. is it for other styles of shows that you're doing too? You or, know? yeah, show up on the street corner with a with a microphone and a boom pop. Does that count? Like, yeah. does it, you yeah, know, sure, it's like, that's not? sure. It's, I've always wanted to do like a 10 minute comedy show where it pulls up on the street. There's three acts and an MC and there's like a pallet stage and it just comes in comedy show starting. And then they're like, MC does a minute and like, it's so fast paced yeah. and then the three acts have to go there's a break in the middle where everyone gets served like fizzy drinks and little cups and then there's like <laughs> and then it goes breaks over and then it goes back into the show and then it, and then, it. and then they all right all right get everyone get off the chair like they pack up the chairs and run away and yeah, i think Love bob it. was doing a we were bob was doing stand up on the st- cuba street and uh 
Apparently, there was a, an impediment um, to that, which is uh, people who do methamphetamine mm. got <laughs> very into the show, <laughs> well, Aaron, shouting the show. Yeah, Aaron Barber did it. one gig yeah. on um, Cuba Street one time, which was like, uh, what was it called? Chuckle Bucket. Uh, chuckle Bucket. Yeah, because yeah. it was right next to... The buckets. Right next to the bucket mm, fountain, mm. yeah. Did you did you take Gail to the bucket fountain? Actually, just to I didn't about- do it. I I stayed with. I didn't come within a mile of that. No, I, know, <laughs> I know my have audience. You, have you seen the bucket? Have, have has Gail been taken? Yes, he has seen the bucket. He's seen the, the bucket fountain. He's seen the. It must uh, have been overwhelming. He went to the. <laughs> yeah. He enjoyed the. He hit Wellington at just the most kind of lush time, and he's really impressed. He's from Texas, so he's very impressed with the greenery here. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. So. Um, anyway, so for the All chuckle right. bucket, right? <laughs> Sorry. I, Sorry yeah. Nice nice tangent, yeah. but yeah. let's bring this back to business. Well, I, I thought that, because I, sometimes I listen back to these podcasts, and I'm like, Juana, you started this story, and you didn't even come close to finishing anything about it. So, yeah. the chuckle bucket was quite fun, because it was outside, there were bands playing, which was a bit of a problem, but um, people did stick around. We had, uh-huh. a, we had a crowd of, you know, eight, nine people and stuff, and like, we had this one interesting story where this woman, because it was like a Friday night, she was clearly like on a night out. Mm-hmm. She came, she sat down right in front of one of the comics, and she was like, on her own, she was like, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've just, just had a bit of a breakup sort of thing, and then uh, she was like off onto a bar, you know, after about 15 minutes. And then about an hour and a half later, she comes back with the guy that we found out that she had recently broken up with and they'd gotten back together and she was like, I'm going to take you straight to the chuckle bucket because that's where where love comes back. (laughs) (laughs) So amazing. Yeah. The bucket fountain does have magical powers, you know, makes mystical things happen. It's beautiful. Or it makes um, you make really bad choices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like jumping in the bucket fountain or yeah. climbing to the top and sitting in the top bucket of the bucket fountain. Have you done this? One. Mm. <laughs> what, you <a> cop, Neil? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no I, with, your, with your slender frame, I'm, I could see that you could possibly I, sit in said. I don't know how to brag to you guys, but uh, in the last month, I've gained three kgs. Congratulations. Hey. Yeah. That's great. Congrats. Yep. Congrats. Yeah. My doctor is very happy with me. <laughs> He's like, wow, you did it. <laughs> Love. Great news. Yeah. Um, so just that's merely just a flex that I'm better than all of you. Um, that, you know, I've got you for my side. I'm pushing through. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> so I really wanted to credit divide in yeah. the room. As, uh, oh, you <laughs> created it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, how old are you, Kip? You're 20. I'm 25. 25 right yeah. now. Right. And, uh. I'm, I'm 53. I won't, uh, Joe, uh, anybody uh, is, uh, over, we'll say over 25 and, um, yeah. And I certainly, the more I work right now, I have definitely gained more than <laughs> more three. Than <laughs> 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 yes. I was, yeah, I've been here since 2020 reasons. and I've, I've, Oh yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe seven times, okay. uh, the and three that, kilos, but how you do know. your doctors feel about that? <laughs> Well, my husband says. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Your husband's your doc- oh, my God. Is he actually your doctor that you. No, surely not. God, no. Okay. no, no. He, uh, I will go to periodic things. Like, if, if it's an emergency, he'll occasionally patch me up. But 99.9% of the time, it is. You should see your doctor. <laughs> or I'll ask him a question. He's like, yeah, call your doctor. That is bringing work yeah. to home, I guess, when you're yeah. asking him to look at yeah. things. Yeah. In. Mm-hmm. It's like, I do your laundry. Just say something. Like, is it. <laughs> 
It says bacterial viral. Just tell me. No, <laughs> Love it. Um, it's it's really nice to have you guys here. Uh, it's actually been a really positive vibe. The last time Kipling was here, we just made fun of each other for like a pretty good chunk yeah. of what uh, what was going and on. That's why I haven't been back on. In like a month or so. Oh, it's I can, I can start while. roasting you too oh, if you okay. want. I, I would love that. <laughs> yeah, go for it. I'd love to really, pull, really knock me down a few yeah, pegs. Pull no punches. Oh, no. No, it's like the last, what was it, comedy awards where I, the only thing I had to say about you and Keegan and Kipling and all that, it was like, I would roast you individually, but I cannot tell you apart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which was annoying because I wasn't even nominated for anything. I was just, I, like, I was just attending and I got ripped into, which flattering yeah. that you still oh, thought you of me. Oh, you loved it. Yeah. Oh, no, I hate attention. No. <laughs> <sighs> I hate having your name mentioned. Oh, uh, no, yeah. stop it. <laughs> say yeah. it. Say yeah. It. For those listening in, one of the cool things... There is a Wellington Comedy Awards thing, and mm. last year I don't know if you'll be emceeing it again because I suppose it might be different people each year. The, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, but one of the cool things is that Neil did go through pretty much all the Wellington comedians and and roast uh, roast them all individually, except yeah. uh, the the white male comedians. Oh. That was, yeah. Well, there was like this at the time. There was this like generation of like four or five of us that all kind of had been doing it for like a year or yeah. a couple of years or so and yeah. so we're just that it by the way that is not at the time there is always <laughs> i think that's pretty i don't know, I don't know if there's been any more white male comedians <laughs> coming comedian. well always a comedy there's a bunch of people in their 20s who decide that you know look at the world of careers and advertising and accounting and working for the government and decide you know what no comedy mm -hmm. instead mm -hmm. and yeah that's fine uh, so yeah, always imminently roastable. Oh okay. yeah. Okay, okay. Well, well, that'll be on the cards for the for the show. Okay, that, I'm hoping that comes through later on. Jojo, you can get in on this a, as well. Excellent. Um, yeah. Uh, how long were you doing cabaret and all those things before you got into comedy? Because I know that you were performing. You've performed in like Edinburgh Fringe. You've performed in Perth. I think I've, I've done Berlin. I've done France. I've done uh, where else have I performed? Yeah, Edinburgh. UK up and down um uh yeah uh but yeah so I mean when did, when did I start you don't kind of not with cabaret especially when you're emceeing you've got to keep your audience entertained in between mm. acts and you've got to do that kind of stuff so the the comedy chops kind of just come through with that kind of work and I think it I mean to actually do well I also I ran Perth International Comedy Festival for four years and I've been in the comedy scene. My partner is a comedian, um, one of the very highly paid but never been on telly kind of comedians uh, in the UK. And um, and so I've been around comedians for 20-odd years now. And oh. um, so I started doing a bit of stand-up uh, at open mic nights in Perth, Western Australia, uh, probably about... 15 years ago and it was fun and it was great but I was very much more interested in um, glitter and sequins uh, so I started <laughs> doing burlesque and that kind of stuff instead and left the comedy career up to my uh, partner but apart from that uh, but yeah so I suppose here uh, I like to keep the comedy to the people who know what they're doing and I'd love to I like to MC comedy nights as mm. opposed to do spots because yeah. that's a it's a very different it's a very different beast emceeing to to mm -hmm. doing a to holding an audience with written material for anywhere from five to 35 minutes is a really hard thing to do whereas when I do my one 
solo shows. I was going to say one human shows, but you know, when I do my <laughs> solo, <laughs> when I do my solo shows and things like that, I counterpoint it with singing and taking my clothes off because that's what I like to do. You make um, it sound like that we'd be upset if you started singing <laughs> and taking and the comedy. It would really change up the night because yeah. like, some of them are pretty dry. This know? isn't written material. <laughs> I've seen this one before where they turn their clothes off. I'm sorry. I was like, four tits again. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I don't even know what that means. Uh, uh, but yeah, and I, and I suppose, and I think that's the, that's the difference because so I think what I do is very comedic. I mm, wouldn't yeah. necessarily call myself a comedian, but I am, but I'm not, but I am. If mm. that makes, I just, I bring it, I, I cross the genres a little bit in that regard. You're one of those people though that like um, has multiple talents and make me angry uh, because <laughs> like um, there's a few people in the comedy scene like this, you know, who are multidisciplined. Like uh, Rose Northey is a great example mm. of someone who's a phenomenal comedian, a better poet, which is saying so much of how good a thing's there. And then also a most incredible, incredible illustrator. illustrator yeah. mm. And you're just like, oh, you can... Bugger off. Yeah, like, can you just stop? Get out just stop. Do you know yeah. I actually, this is a qu- Clara Van Well. <laughs> That's yeah. someone else I've got a bone to pick with. Um, oh, at the high moment. talent That's on that too one. Too much yeah. talent. High talent on that one. Um, so, yeah, it's like it's so fascinating when you get to see someone who is like, I really appreciate and got to see their craft in one space. And mm. you go to get to see your craft again and like, oh, now I'm seeing you in your element. Like mm. now, like I'm in the lion's den, you know, like and ready to play. And it's like, oh, it's thrilling. It's exciting. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's the reason why I think that's the reason why I work well with Neil. That's the reason we because mm. he's comes from the comedy element, I come from the cabaret element, and he makes me better and I make him better. Right. In in this beautiful way of we've we've American Australian shouldn't mm. work, but it does because we've got our own notions of glamour and comedy mm. and we we just yeah, I, I love it. And I, I love, love the, I, I, you know, I love stand up as an art form, but also, you know, spent most of the '90s and aughts watching all of these performances where nobody said a word, like Blue Man or Cirque du Soleil or Stomp or something like that. So I'm obsessed with all of the different uh, ways in which people can entertain themselves, so each other on stage. Mm, but mm. a little bit of a yeah. I don't yeah, know whether it's well, I don't know whether it's discipline or cowardice that I stick to stand up. Well, I remember when I like was quick into early into stand up. Sorry, I was yeah. I was talking at a party with a couple other people who was like one was like a drummer and a, I think the other one might have been a poet, mm-hmm. and they were talking about that input output thing. Yeah. So I think it is like you know you are like some sort of medium for the things that have been you know input. I don't want to get I don't want to sound all like Kyrie Irving about yeah, it, but yeah. like you know it, it sounds like. You if you if you just if you're literally just watching stand up stand up stand up stand up stand up you in your mind the only things you're going to think of are stand up yeah like and it's not you go on stage and then you become a stand up who's just watched a lot of stand up and it's, it's oh a well, weird, yeah that's yeah. A, yeah yeah it's a weird thing you sound like other people you're making some of the points that they're making but then yeah. you've just gone more extreme with something and it's well, not can, as funny I can watch any open mic night and go Bill Burr Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Bill Netflix Hicks. Um, you Don't know, say that to them, yeah. though, because uh, they'll be Susie like, oh, my God. <laughs> Susie Azard, I know exactly who their favorite yeah. comic mm. is just from, like, two seconds of their cadences. And I can even tell 
often when I watch my own tapes, who I just listened to. Yeah. Was I just listening to Mark Barron or Dave, you know, mm. or whatever, or, or, you know, more recently. So, um, but I try to disguise who I'm stealing from as much as possible. But yeah, I do get the, the, the weird echoing reflections of the things that everyone has been talking about in the stand-up world kind of coming, you know, bouncing back and forth to, you know, YouTube to this, to CDs, back down to the open mic stage. I'm like, how is yeah. this relevant to Wellington? I all? think, yeah, and also you can get themes through stand-up yeah. as well. I mean, I, I'm not going to talk for the Wellington scene, but I will talk for the Perth scene. There was a, there's a raw comedy quest similar to what we mm, have yeah. here in Perth. Mm. Nine out of the 12 contestants in the semi-final all had a joke about toilet paper. Oh, every okay. single one of them, <laughs> I, and so and so you, so those themes do actually, and I'm I'm sure it happens here as well that yeah. those themes run through that someone starts talking about I don't know Iron Chef, and then all mm. all of a sudden everyone's got a joke about Iron Chef, yeah. and it's quite interesting. There in was that an world. era of comedy probably across Australia and New Zealand where people were going like poo poo pee pee um, because of Auntie Donna. Oh yeah, like uh, I think that's still going. Still that going. Felt like it was happening when I was there last yeah. year. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's oh. a I loved also like seeing where people come up with the same joke and you see them coming up with the same joke over and over again being like, I don't need to go to homegrown. I can, if I wanted to listen to all New Zealand bands, I'll just try and sort out my Vodafone plan yeah. um, and call oh, them. You know. That is old school Vodafone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, oh, it's what, you know, they, the audience gets annoyed with the semantics. They're like, yeah, you know, it's one and now. The yeah. internet has made that so much worse. Like just, you know, like this ping pong of like, Oh, no, I guess the, all the memes are about, you know, over the last several years of people making fun of Crocs, people making fun of, uh, you know, bacon or people making uh, fun of pineapple on pizza or Nickelback or whatever. Yeah. It's like the mm. same punchlines that you've seen on the web. Mm. Uh, oh, it, yeah, no, definitely. In the last year, like, you know, when 660 were the only people that were touring, mm. almost every time you'd got, you'd at least hear three 660 jokes in a night. Yeah. I'm like, get Get some originality. <laughs> I have, I have, I, I cannot make it work. So you're going to groan on this one. Is the exchange rate in the United States is if you give somebody six sixty, you get a nickel back? Ah, oh, okay. See, there's a there's something there. There's something there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like it. I like it. There's the miracle. The fact that you laugh. Those are my favorite jokes. I my favorite jokes is and especially open mics where I see someone come up with an idea and I just go, yeah, no, I really like what's happening here. It's not. It's never going to get funny. Like yeah. it's never going to be really, really mm. funny. But I love that this is the craft yeah. that we're in this. Niche. Well, my favorite is when the audience laughs and ten comedians in the back of the room go, God. Damn it. Like, yeah. Because they weren't the one to think of that perfect. Mm. The comedian thinks of that perfect thing, and everyone in the, I, I, all the comics in the back of the room go, motherfucker. And start scratching. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, I aim now to do jokes that I know that no one else is doing to like my own detriment, like yeah, where it yeah. gets like so obscure. That's important. Yeah, well, sometimes I just laugh when I hear a, hear a sentence that I've never heard before. That's <laughs> all it takes. Yeah, that's the know? point. Yeah. Be uniquely you. I mean, the biggest problem is like you heard me have my big blowout last year, which is one of the things that's been reflexive for so many people for so many years that gay is the punchline. Oh, gay mm, or... Yeah. Or, uh, you know, using, uh, uh, you know, using some sort of reference to gay sex as the punchline 
to a joke and yeah, you know, I, yeah. I was at this place and I found this guy super yeah. attractive and yeah, looking and at it, me but like I'm not I'm not yeah. gay butt yeah. joke or using the fact that they did something gay as the punchline mm. to the joke and it, it's uh, been going on yeah. $20 is $20 yeah, you know, that like one, that. Yeah. Uh, what if I enjoy it that yeah so I you all witnessed me just kind of lose my mind at one point last year where I just my brain just went and I uh, worth okay yeah I have enough power in the Wellington scene what became and the I, whole it, New it, Zealand to be able to scene. lay waste yeah. and say we're done let's yeah. let's From try not to do that cabaret like position do yes. you yeah. find like real specific trends that kind of like stick around in burlesque and you know in that area like Oh, uh, there are a couple of songs that you should never, ever, ever perform to. <laughs> Cotton Eye Joe. Um, <laughs> no, I would definitely do oh, okay, a Burlesque so Presentation. Baby Did a Bad, Bad Thing by Chris Isaac. Yeah. Oh, oh why do that one? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, 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 um, and I'm feeling, I'm feeling good and I'm feeling mm, yeah. good. And Santa Baby, just mm. don't, uh, yeah. just don't. Um, and there's another one that I can never remember that everyone Oh, fever. That yeah. was, was going to be what I was going to say. Like, uh, fe- yeah. Because mm, everybody, everybody does. It's, everybody does. Yeah. But what is amazing is the only people that hate it are burlesque performers Everyone and producers. Everyone else is so excited to see the classics. The audience freaking loves yeah. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because for them, that is what classic burlesque song is mm-hmm. that is sexy? Mm. That is sultry. It's you know when the brass kicks in in those songs, yeah. it's like <laughs> and they love it, and it's you know, and it's a real bump and grind kind of scenario. Uh, and and I, I suppose and I, but for me, it's like if you see uh, one gorgeous uh, thing with feathers and uh, and and lovely underwear, and then you see the next gorgeous thing is got feathers and lovely underwear different colors but they're doing the same moves yeah. there's only so many moves you could do there's only mm. and and by the time you've seen that four times in a row you're like um good yeah. <laughs> as an yeah. audience member because it's diminishing just like, returns sort yeah. Of thing. yeah and i think that's where the because there's two start with quite a few different genres of bellas but there's two main ones which are classic and neo and it's the neo style that i love the most where people are absolutely you know they're absolutely working within the genre to be sexy and weird and unusual and that kind of stuff but you know at the same time you know i i think what happens is the the thing that I used to go, but people don't have money, uh, so <laughs> do, so it's okay to wear like AliExpress and Sheen stuff and la la la. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. but it's now getting to the point that I'm, I'm getting a bit old and crotchety about it. It's like it's still okay to wear AliExpress and Sheen stuff because that's pretty much the only underwear you can get here of a of note that is going to actually last more than two seconds mm. and it doesn't cost the bank. But just pop. Pop a sequin or a yeah, rhinestone yeah. on it. Make it a little bit different. Make oh, it a little make bit you. Own. Make it yeah. your own. Um, there's an amazing uh, show called DIY Burlesque where you're only given a hundred dollars your as the as your budget, and you have to make your entire outfit out of that. And yeah, just getting a couple of curtains and remodeling them is just it's it's late. It's, do, do you know what I mean? I think it's the laziness, it's the creativity, mm. and it's the gorgeousness that you mm. can bring um, to. 
showtime, whereas comedians turn up in jeans and a T-shirt and that's enough. Uh, whereas, <laughs> you know, yeah. with with burlesque and cabaret, there's a lot to go. I mean, when Neil, I mean, Neil always brings out his high-end suits and is always wearing gorgeous eyeliner and looking stunning and has his has his top hat when we perform together. But you see him down Fringe Bar on a Friday Night Laughs, yeah. and he's always got a blazer and looking oh, smart. He looks but terrible. it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but you're not, you're not, you're not full glitter, full glam. No, no, do, no. do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, Mostly jeans and a t-shirt, which is why yeah. I started doing stand-up in the first place. But I I missed, um, frankly, missed um, my childhood of being a magician. And oh, you used to be a magician? Yeah. No, I was a kid, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Love that. <laughs> I was a magician, I was a well, child. I watched my childhood disappear. <laughs> <There we laughs> <go>. <laughs> it was great. Buying a lot of toys, you know, learning all the pattern, doing all the stuff. Where I got my first stage time was doing all that. Well, yeah, you guys are weird kid, like, because magician kid, that's like a niche, you know? Like, I didn't, I was dinosaur kid, super hard. Uh-huh. And then... Like, I feel like I just didn't have another really weird thing that I was, like, into. That everyone yeah. was like, that's a super obsession, you know? The magic kid, the Doctor Who kid, the, yeah. the oh, juggler yeah. kid, yeah. But it was it was nice. The other day I was hanging out. Just uh, This is maybe in the context of, like, the world being a little bit dark and everything at the moment. And, like, you know how sometimes you kind of get into your mind, like, what is the, what is the meaning of being a performer and everything? But I was... I was with my cousin and he has two young kids who are like, you know, both of them are under 10 and we would, I was just showing them like a magic trick. And then I was showing them how to do like this cool wolf trick with their hands. And I was like, you know, I can do, I can do the pillow spin and you know, (laughs) adults love it. Kids love it too. Uh Like I, you know, I was just doing all these little tricks for them and they were like having such a good time. And a part of me was like, you know, this is important. Oh, like this, this does Mm. matter. This is like, this is very thing. Um, yeah, sorry, that was just on yeah, my mind. Well, I mean, oh. you have this beautiful word here in Aotearoa called Fano, and Fano doesn't just mean family. That's what, you know, it means your friends, it means your community, it means more than just your, your blood relatives. And I think it is about that spread of joy and that spread of togetherness, which is what mm. live performance gives us that a movie won't. Like why a movie theatre still open? is because people want to go to a movie and sit there with strangers, even though they say they don't, but they do. They do want to sit there with strangers and enjoy a yeah. collective experience with each other. And they did a um, an experiment and they did a heart monitor on an entire um, group of uh, 1,200 people in the UK at a main theatre there. And what happens is as they are watching a show, all their heartbeats go in sync with oh, each other wow. as the emotion and yeah. the responses are happening to the live audience. Like to the, what's happening on on you the stage. You think this is a beautiful thing? This sounds like a Disney corporation. <laughs> <laughs> they're like training us yeah. into being. You know, someone's fish is going on there. But 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 but, I, but I, that's the thing is that you like. Why do we want our audiences? If it's a if it's a, a boutique audience of like say twelve or fifteen, why do we want them all to sit together yeah. at the front? It's so they can share that experience mm. with mm. each other, as opposed to just sharing it with their friend next door. Because what happens is. Humor, happiness, joy, um, celebration are contagious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Same as fear, hate, and, you know, that as well. But you put those people in and you give them happiness and joy and celebration. They want to be there. They want to have that. And humans want to do the same thing at the same time. It's why we line dance. It's why we, you know, religious (laughs) ceremonies or stand up and sit down or hakas or or those things where we get great comfort in community and community. 
together and yeah, do all those things. I yeah, sorry to cut you off a little oh, no, bit. No, I, I actually have to shoot off to to get myself ready for another gig. But um, I'm gonna say goodbye and thank you guys for coming on to the other day with Juani Horton. I really appreciate you guys being on the show. Oh, thank you. Um, for those we'll listening, yeah, oh, yeah, lovely. Okay, without you, without even an invitation, we're just gonna come and take over. Always. If there was a day I could erase, I would choose just the other day. 